This episode is sponsored in part by our friends at HID Extra. Go to HIDExtra.com to view the best in HID and LED headlight conversion kits and accessories for your Jeep, off-road toy, or daily driver. Stay tuned to later in the show to find out how to get 15% off your entire order at HIDExtra.com. Hey, do you think outside the box? Let your ideas become a reality with an Under the Sun Inserts custom grill insert for Jeep Wranglers. They work closely with each customer until the final draft is approved. Then your one-of-a-kind high-grade aluminum insert is made by hand right here in the USA. Want to learn more? Head over to UndertheSunInserts.com. Episode 276, April 13th, 2017. This week's show starts off with a review of the world's most powerful SUV. And yes, it's a Jeep. I've got the latest must-have item for your Jeep, and we'll hear from Nikki G. We've got fresh voicemails to play. We'll hear about some upcoming Jeep events, and we'll announce our newest giveaway. We'll be doing some myth-busting when it comes to the 4-liter inline 6. I'll go through all the things that you can do and can't do with the most famous Jeep engine ever made. It's all coming up on this week's episode of Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Guessing since 2010. Are you ready? It's the G Talk Show. Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. <laughs> Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Oh, it certainly is. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a new crowned champion. The Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk is now the undisputed king. The 2018 Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk has just dethroned the Bentley Bentayaga, or Bentayga, there we go, as the world's most powerful SUV. After years of speculation, the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk has finally debuted with the same 6.2 liter supercharged Hemi V8 in Dodge's Hellcat models. This means the SUV has 707 horsepower and 645 pound-feet of torque and is able to get from 0 to 60 miles per hour in just 3.5 seconds, which is not only impressive for an SUV, but impressive even by sports car standards. The Trackhawk does the quarter mile in 11.6 seconds at 116 miles per hour and tops out at a respectable 180 miles per hour. Well, up until now, the Bentley Bentayga was the world's most powerful SUV with its W12 engine pushing 600 horsepower and getting the luxury SUV to 60 miles per hour in about four seconds, a full half second slower than the new Trackhawk and for a lot more money. Now, I can't wait to see this thing on the track side by side with the Tesla Model X, which when placed into the insane launch mode can get from zero to 60 in just 3.2 seconds. My man, Mike Manley, the head of the Jeep brand, said in a recent press release, quote, the Jeep Grand Cherokee is now the most powerful and quickest SUV as well, delivering an astounding performance numbers, well, with luxury, refinement, and an array of innovative and advanced technology. And this thing definitely has it. Of course, the Trackhawk gets performance upgrades all around, starting with a bigger 15 and three-quarter inch Brembo brake system up front, which are now the biggest front brakes ever put on a Jeep. The eight-speed transmission has also been, uh, well, made a little bit more ro- robust to handle the increased torque over the already bonkers SRT model. It's got a new stronger rear axle, a new quad exhaust setup, a functional cold air scoop, 
a more robust front suspension, and of course the list just goes on and on and on. They've gone so far as to remove the fog lights on the lower facade to allow more air intake and cooling. Man, they thought of everything on this. To give the stance a little bit, well, a little bit more than what it deserves, the ride height is about one inch lower than the standard Grand Cherokee. Like the upcoming Dodge Challenger SRT Demon, the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk features a torque reverse launch control feature that holds the supercharger bypass valve open briefly while cutting spark and fuel to specific cylinders. This system limits the torque before the brake is released, helping the SUV jump out of the gate. The Trackhawk also gets five driving modes, automatic, sport, track, tow, and snow, and of course, a custom mode in case you want to dial things in. In track mode, the power split 30-70 front to back, and in automatic mode, the split is 40-60. Towing capacity is still rated at 7,200 uh, pounds. Inside is pretty standard fare for a Jeep Grand Cherokee models, except Trackhawk branding stitched into the seats, and the big Uconnect infotainment screen gets performance pages, which helps monitor and log performance. The 2018 Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk will make its public debut at the 2017 New York Auto Show and should arrive at dealers in the last quarter of this year, in case you wanted to check one out yourself. Now, pricing hasn't been announced yet officially, but we can expect something in the mid-80,000s, I think, here in the U.S., which seems a, like a big bargain when you consider the slower and less powerful Bentley well, costs more than 200000 And in other news, guys, Consumer Reports says FCA builds four of the worst 10 vehicles of 2017. <laughs> Mathis Mueller, v- Volkswagen God. Group's boss, said that they aren't well, too open with merger talks with Fiat Chrysler, whereas FCA head Sergio Marchione has gone back and forth in the last couple of weeks as to whether or not he will pursue a Volkswagen merger. I can't possibly think of a worse thing that could happen to FCA, but father knows best. And amongst other auto manufacturers, Jeep is the latest on the list of automakers saying they won't be attending the Frankfurt Auto Show. Hmm, interesting. Well, hey, stay tuned this uh, for next week and every week here to the Jeep Talk Show, where we'll cover the top headlines coming out of the Jeep and FCA camps. And hey, if you've got something you think we should report on or have a response to any one of our stories, make sure to let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. So, Josh, I got to agree with you. The eighty thousand dollars is is a lot less than uh, that, that other thing that you were saying, Bodego or whatever it was, Win- <laughs> Winnebago. <laughs> but you know, I'm thinking with uh, based on the information we've reported here on the Jeep Talk Show in the past, uh, if uh, with the right uh, software, you should be able to drive one of these for free through the uh, UConnect infotainment system. <laughs> well, yeah, we reported uh, back on the uh, the initial release of the uh, of the Cherokee, the new uh, generation of the Cherokee, and right. they had some issues with the infotainment system in that being so very easily hacked into, and uh, somebody being able to from miles and miles away from something as simple as a laptop being able to control your vehicle's shift points, turn on your uh, windshield wipers, turn off your stereo, <laughs> and of course kill the power to the engine, amongst other things. This was uh, demonstrated in a. Uh, in a little demonstration, rather, the FCA put on uh, just to kind of show, hey, yeah, we got this thing going on, and oh, we're gonna fix it. And they have, guys. <laughs> their their stuff does have firewall technology now, and it and it is safe. But still, nonetheless, it definitely uh, has you might be thinking in the back of your head, am I really secure behind this? What was it? The uh, was it called the Grand Wagoneer that the that they were con- going to come out with the new one, and weren't they talking about like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar price tag on that thing? They were. It was supposed to be basically to be going after cars like this Bentley uh, Bentayga and and other you know like Range Rovers and 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 Land Rover you know the the more luxury SUVs right. lines. This is what they were really trying to compete against. Now the Grand Cherokee, especially since I'm going to say 2012, 
has certainly been a top of the list as far as you know, uh, you know, most mid-level uh, luxury SUVs go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of a lot of awards ever since then, and now with this Trackhawk model, I mean, they pretty much just put the cherry on the top, saying, "Well, there's nobody else out there that can touch us with this thing now, so bring it." Yeah, I just wonder how many miles you can get out of that engine. Uh, well, but, uh, it's the mileage more than anything. I'm really curious to see if this thing is able to get over 10 miles per gallon. Well, you know, uh, but, I, but I guess the, the, what I'm po- driving out here is for $80,000, that's not bad for what you get. I mean, the Grand for Cherokee get, yeah. is a beautiful vehicle. It's not something that I would want to take off the off-road, and certainly this model isn't designed for off-road. This is definitely, you know, street or track. Uh, sure. But, uh, you know, eighty grand that's not bad for something with that kind of performance. No, and you consider to get that kind of almost supercar type of performance and you know horsepower and, and and torque ratings, you're into the six figure cars, you know, almost yes. right off the bat, and and then some. I mean, the the kinds of vehicles that this thing's going to be able to to take just on the streets. We're talking this possible vet killer right here. So let me let me make sure that I understood what you were reading. This is not a um, what do they call the the vehicles they never build? Uh, not show concept. Yeah, concept this isn't vehicle. a concept no, this vehicle. Is, They're selling this. this. A, well, they will. Yeah, this will become available. I think next year they're going to debut it this year. Right. Uh, and you guys will be able to see it in the final quarter. Uh, in showroom floors, and I'm I'm not going to imagine every single Jeep dealer is going to have one of these. Um, but yeah, your, your chances are at least one dealership in your area is going to be able to have one that you can sit in, and well, maybe if you're lucky, even <laughs> test drive. Hey, they they sell sell test drives to you. So, uh, Tammy, what do you think about this uh, VW merger with FCA? Does that make any kind of sense to you at all? No, I was actually um, looking up the ten worst vehicles of two, 2017. Uh huh. I was just curious to see which ones. Oh, were. you were just checking uh, to see if there was a black Wrangler on there. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually, know you. The, the Dodge Journey was on there, which I owned. Which oh we owned yeah, before. I remember. Oh, I boy. remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think uh, I think FCA can uh, hack their own uh, tests, uh, <laughs> fuel mileage yeah. tests. I don't think they need the VW technology. No. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> after all this, you know, this diesel debacle going on, I'm really supply, surprised that you know any kind of merger was on the table because there was some trash talking going back and forth. If you guys remember early on in this whole diesel scandal, as far as whether or not, you know, um, FCA is, has altered their software and whatnot. And I think it was, uh, Volkswagen who blew the whistle on FCA to begin with about this. So yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) misery loves uh, company. Yeah, Yeah, really. Apparently I don't, you know, I don't know. So (laughs) as far as, you know, vehicle design and, and marketing goes, I can't think of anything that, that, you know, how this would benefit FCA or Volkswagen for that matter. Well, it doesn't make any, maybe the next Jeep will be a beetle bug. (laughs) It'd be like the the Jeep Liberty. Uh, well, it doesn't make any sense that here at the Jeep talk show, uh, none of the team members think it makes sense. So they'll probably do the merger uh that's that's generally the way it works so (laughs) you're listening to jeep talk show the number one jeep podcast at my mom's house so i got a message i can't remember if it was on the twitter the facebook or other uh from one person that was very happy we have started the yj segments and uh, personally, I'm very happy that Nate uh, has done the, the YJ segments for us. I'm making Nate nervous because uh, I'm saying nice things about him. He's not used to that. So He's waiting for the other <laughs> Well, the show is early. There's still a lot of show left. <laughs> yeah. but I'm sure we can turn this around. 
<laughs> it'll it'll go that way really soon. But anyway, we started last week with uh, the intro to the the YJ segments on here on Wrangler Extreme, and uh, we're going to continue this uh, this week with uh, the second uh, in the series. And uh, I think this is going to be about the YJ drivetrain. Take it away, Nate. Hey guys, this is Nate with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. I'm here to talk a little more about the Jeep YJ, the model that I know and love so much. So tonight I'm going to talk a little bit about the drivetrain in the YJ. So for the entire run of the YJ, you essentially had two core options, one of which was a four-cylinder, and the other of which was a six-cylinder. Uh, the four-cylinder for the entire run of the YJ was the 2.5 liter, though there was a throttle body injected and a few and a uh, true fuel-injected model of the 2.5 liter, which made a switch over somewhere in the early 90s, though I haven't been able to nail down the exact date. Uh, then there was the six-cylinder. In the beginning, there was the Jeep 4.2 which was an inline six and uh, a carbureted motor. Uh, in 1991, the YJ switched over to the 4.0, which everybody has loved ever since. Uh, somewhere around 93 or 94, the high output 4.0 was released, uh, which was essentially some changes to, uh, to the head to produce a little more um, horsepower. The transmissions that came behind the various engines were, uh, there's both manual and um, automatic options. The manual was always a 5-speed and the automatic was always a 3-speed. The 4.2, in the early days, uh, and you're talking, I believe, up until 1989, came with a French-made Peugeot BA105. Uh, that was, like I said, only between, only behind the 4.2. After that, the AX15, which is also a five-speed manual transmission, took the place of the Peugeot BA10. As for the four-cylinder, it always ran the AX5 um, behind the, the four-cylinder, so that's, that's through the whole run, the 1987 through 1995. Okay, as for the automatic transmissions, uh, behind the 2.5, there was the TF904 in the early days, though some reports say that it shared the same automatic transmission as the six-cylinder model, which was the TF999. Uh, those, from what I'm reading, ended in 1991, which would be around the time that the 4.0 came about. Uh, the 4.0, the automatic transmission listed as behind the 4.0, was the 32RH, and behind the 2.5 liter from 92 to 95 was the 30RH. As far as uh, transfer cases are concerned, through the majority of the YJ's life, you had the NP231J. Uh, for the very first year, 1987, um, ending in 1988, was the, uh, the NP207. So I don't know much about the NP207, and like I said, it was only there for one year, so apparently there were... There was a good reason to switch that over to the NP231J. <laughs> oh, and then, of course, uh, behind all of that power was the Dana 30 front end and the Dana 35C rear end, uh, unfortunately. They ran throughout the entire life of the Jeep YJ. All right, so there's some chat about uh, drivetrain. Um, if you think I made a mistake or if you want to chat, uh, look me up on the Jeep Talk forums. Thanks. Yep, and that's jeeptalkforum.com. Uh, great information. That was an alphabet soup of numbers and letters. Oh, you didn't follow that, Tammy? Oh. 
<laughs> no, actually, uh, all that was very, very accurate. So, yeah, YJ Nate was uh, on top of his YJ information. And, hey, speaking of YJs and the uh, Jeep Talk forum, I just posted up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I kind of dipped into the archive a little bit. I've been uh, slacking on my duties of getting the Tech Talk segments um, up into print form on our website for you guys. So I just posted up several up there for um, for you guys to check out. And there are at least a couple few in there about the YJ. So you guys have some fresh YJ tech over there at jeeptalkforum.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Now you most certainly are. And the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and the Trail Chasers podcast. Hey, tired of, li- of the Jeep Talk Show being on too late for you to call in? Scared that the voicemail machine might instantly connect you to Nikki G? Well, fear no more. <laughs> There's now even more Jeep Talk Show to love, and it's on even earlier. Tony and Tammy take your guys' calls live on the air every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. For more info and the numbers to call, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, we'd love hey, to guys. see you over there. Yeah, technical difficulties prevented Tony and Tammy from doing the show last week, but be sure to check in next week where I'm sure they'll be eager to make it up to you guys. Yeah, and I will do have to warn you, unless we, uh, at least let's well, we'll say we, unless I figure out a way to get the vMix software going again, uh, I don't know uh, if we will be having a Tuesday show. So just uh, keep up with uh, JeepTalkShow.com and uh, JeepTalkShow on social media for those updates. And we are going to get Dan uh, Greck back if I, if I have to go to Africa and beg him. We'll have him back on the show. That's going to be a long mic cord. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But we can do it. So, uh, you know, we sadly came uh, to the end of our Jamic giveaway last month. Uh, but you know what? We're doing another one. So yeah. <laughs> through the end of April, we have this new Jamic giveaway going on through the end of April. All you have to do is paste uh, or paste or post a Facebook live video telling me, Josh, and Tammy why you must have, can't live without a Jamic for your Jeep. Be sure and put at Jeep Talk Show after you've posted the video in the comments of the video. That way we'll be sure and see it. And don't forget to like the Jeep Talk Show. That's uh, on the Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. So you can still win a Jamic, except Bart. Bart can't win another Jamic. He's not getting two. <laughs> but he can still enter the videos. Oh, of course. You're not getting it. <laughs> shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, folks. Last week on episode 275 of the Jeep Talk Show, I mentioned an article I read from the Auto Trader. The Jeep Wrangler is an automaker's dream. There's going to be a link in our show notes with this article once we post the show. And you can also find the link on my blog, jeepmama.com, on my Jeep Links page. The author cited some pretty good reasons for the Wrangler being an automaker's dream. And you know, it's not only an automaker's dream, it's a mom's dream, a Jeep mom's dream. On Tuesday, April 18th, I will be posting the top three reasons every Jeep mom should have a Wrangler. And you're you're just going to have to wait until then to find out. But folks, the reason I mention this is this episode on Wrangler Talk is all about the Wrangler's coolness which was sparked by a conversation I had today with a fellow Jeeper on Instagram, Jeep Tank 16. 
He has a 2016 JKU. And Tony, it's a black Jeep. Well, he started listening to the Jeep talk show well before he purchased his black Wrangler. And he thanked us for the advice from our show. He has continued to listen to our podcast, and he wrote today, You guys have me so addicted to Jeeps. He has been since making modifications and installs, and he's from my area and asked me about off-roading near us, and I suggested Roush Creek. Well, he went to Roush Creek this week, took the class, and had an amazing day. He credits the Jeep Talk Show for this amazing day. Jeep Tank 16, if you're listening, so glad you are now part of our Jeep family. And if I or any of us here on the Jeep Talk Show can help or inspire the Jeep addiction to just one person, it's all worth it. Well, I'm sure you all are wondering why Jeep Tank 16 bought a Jeep JKU, a Wrangler. Well, my guess is because the Wrangler is not only an automaker's dream and a Jeep mom's dream, I believe the Wrangler is just plain old cool. And with the Jeep being part of our American history, it has become an icon. There are so many models from Jeep, the, in the Jeep, from the Cherokee to the Renegade to the Wrangler to the Compass and so many more. But I believe the Jeep Wrangler, out of all of those, is probably one of the coolest of all the Jeeps. And here's why. First, the Wrangler is a great convertible. Those topless Jeep hair don't care days are so good for the soul. The Wrangler is also an amazing off-road vehicle. Even without any modifications, you would be surprised at what the Wrangler could do off-road. Then you have the Jeep Wave. Besides motorcycles, you don't really see many vehicle groups sharing that friendly wave on the road. And of course, the Wrangler is an attention getter. I can attest to this. My Jeep is constantly getting compliments everywhere I go. You know, but honestly, I don't think it's just a Wrangler thing, but it's more of a black Jeep thing. Then you have the awesome Wrangler community. And actually, it's really an awesome Jeep community. And the Wrangler is also supported by a large aftermarket industry. We have been meeting so many of these great industry folks on the Jeep Talk Colin show, where these businesses are sharing with us Jeep parts that they have. You should check it out at the Jeep Talk show call-in show, which we do every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Then you have the endless modifications for the Wrangler. Like the saying goes, just empty every pocket. And the Wrangler is a great all-weather vehicle. Just like the U.S. motto, neither rain nor snow nor heat or gloom of night. You can also add mud, sand, and rocks to that. Then you have all those cool Jeep Wrangler accessories. All you need to do is check out my Jeep just to see a few. And finally, the Wrangler just looks cool. So if you don't have a Jeep and you're listening to this podcast, you really should go check them out. Buying my Jeep has been life-altering. Not just the adventures I have had and will have in the future, but the amazing community of people I've met over the years. Friends I would have never made if it weren't for the Jeep. And you really can't say that about many vehicle groups out there. Hey, folks, anything you'd like to add, I would love to hear from you. There are tons of ways you can do that. You can email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. You can also leave me a, a voicemail on our Jeep Talk Show website. Just go over to the right-hand side of the screen, and there's a little red button you can click. You can also go to our mobile-friendly 
Jeep form, jeeptalkform.com. It's our new form we created just for you. It isn't your typical form. There's no flaming or telling you to go to Google to do your search. And you know what? There's no dumb questions. You can also find out more about all the stories and information we share with you here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's jeeptalkform.com. We hope to see you there. You know, Tammy, I'm not surprised that he bought a, a Jeep Wrangler, and I, I know you know what's coming. I'm just surprised he bought a black one. Uh, because they're so much cooler. Well, I'm thinking, and, and, and actually this is what I'm thinking is, maybe it's a, a cold state thing, because down here in Texas, if uh-huh. you have a black anything during the summertime, you're probably going to be bursting into flames. That's true. Because <laughs> it, it, it gets really really hot since it's absorbing all the light and all the radiation from the sun. So, uh, I, I, you know, white vehicles are going to be cooler because they reflect all. And right. to a lesser degree, red, green, uh, I guess blue is a, could be a darker color, so that probably absorbs more. So I, I'm wondering if it's, it really depends on where in the United States or really in the world uh, that you're located uh, because if, it, if you're cold most of the time, getting into a nice hot Jeep might be good. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you figured it out, Tony. I still think it sucks. Oh, poo. And I don't have my boo sign. Oh, that's a shame. I don't have the sound effect either. Oh, wait a minute. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Great information, Tammy, as always. And it doesn't matter what color it is as long as it's a Jeep, right? Exactly. All right. So uh, (laughs) it's always fun to pick on Tammy. I think that's a universal thing, isn't it, Tammy? You don't just get picked on here, right? Oh, no. Everybody <laughs> picks on me. I'm used to it. The iOS app just launched this week, guys. So uh, we now have apps for both platforms, both Android and Apple. So, uh, And you have the means there of reviewing the, reviewing the app as well through the app itself. So you guys can uh, now even have another way of leaving us, an, uh, leaving us a review and a comment. So uh, please consider going to the Google Play Store or um, the Apple Store and, uh, and downloading that app. It is free, and of course it's the uh, easiest way to get the content that we are releasing uh, as it gets right to your phone, guys. So again, head over to the Google Play Store or the Apple iOS platform and uh, download that app. And uh, by all means, you can start enjoying the Jeep Talk Show right there through your smartphone. A factory installed lighting isn't always sufficient, depending on the type of driving that you do, especially if those original bulbs are older, have lost their brilliance. So upgrading or adding additional lighting to your vehicle can make a huge difference in both safety and visibility when driving on or off-road. And who doesn't want a little added assurance when your loved ones or you are behind the wheel even? Well, we've got your one-stop shop for all your lighting needs now. Head over to HIDextra.com to view the very best in HID and brand new LED headlight conversion kits for your Jeep and a wide variety of other vehicles too. Each of HID Extra's kits comes with two bulbs, two ballasts, and all the necessary wiring you need to complete for you'll need for a complete hassle-free plug-and-play installation. Oh, I'm sorry, is superior lighting and painless installation not enough for you? Well, we're going to hook you up even more. Right now, use code JTS15, JTS15, to get 15% off your lighting order today. But don't wait. This code is only good until September 2017. After that, you'll be left in the dark. So for the biggest and best selection of headlight and auxiliary lighting upgrades, head to HIDextra.com today. And don't forget about the discount code JTS15 for 15% off your order. Having so much out there to customize our Jeeps, just how we want, it's part of the reason we own Jeeps. But who wants their Jeep to look like everybody else's? Not me. 
Here is where a unique grill from Under the Sun inserts will set you apart from all the rest. Their patent-pending grill inserts not only protect your radar and engine compartments from debris and limbs while on the trails, but they look cool too. Under the Sun inserts works closely with you to get your custom thoughts or image perfect for your Jeep grill. That's right. Imagine your favorite color, design, or Jeep podcast logo behind your grill or even maybe grandma's smiling face. (laughs) Turn heads, elevate your ride, and always get a Jeep wave. Just want to switch it up? Choose from many designs like Old Glory, Blackout, Diver Down, and many others. But trust me, custom designs are their specialty. Oh, and don't worry about the installation. It couldn't be easier. The JK inserts install under under five minutes with just a flathead screwdriver. Every last insert is proudly made by hand on Long Island, New York by Jeep lovers just like you. And right now, for a limited time, use the code JTS17 for free shipping on any order. To see their whole lineup and get more information, just go to underthesuninserts.com. And you have one of these things, Tammy, and uh, you've installed it yourself, so you know it's really easy to install. Yep, and mine was custom made, and I'm telling you, you would not believe all the comments I get and all the, oh my God, that looks really cool. Yeah, they're very well made. Uh, Tammy showed it several times here on the show before she got out there and uh, got it uh, got it installed. Uh, I, I saw a video on how to take that uh, the front the nose off of the the uh, JK the JKUs. I couldn't believe how simple that was. You don't even, the, oh. the, the screwdriver. You don't even turn it. You're just using it as a pry to pop up right, the little exactly. plastic ends the little pla- uh, plastic tabs in there. So pretty good engineering there. Um, you just have to be careful when you um, flop them up or pop them up so they don't go flying. <laughs> you don't lose them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got tech questions? What do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Over the years, Jeep's 4-liter engine has undergone a few changes here and there, but nothing drastic. We're going to go into, well, the 4-liter myth-busting episode here. Despite the similarities, many still think of the 91 through 95 XJs as the fastest 6-cylinder powered Jeeps in stock trim. For some reason, the 97 to 2001 XJs just don't feel as fast. Did they change the engine? Did OBD2 kill the 4-liter? Probably not, because if you drive a 91 through 95 YJ or a 97 to 2006 TJ, there's really no appreciable difference in the seat of the pants meter. The older XJs probably just feel faster because they have less sound editing material and some other heavy components. I refer mainly to the fiberglass rear gate. Now, I I think, at least I think that's the case. Now, over the years, I've heard dozens of campfire stories about how to pull more power from the vernable 4-liter Jeep engine ranging from things like which parts are better and which ones are wastes, and like, just like a-holes, everybody's got an opinion or a claim to this gain or that. Well, I've turned a wrench on many 4-liter Jeep engines in my days. I've built many rigs over the years and have advised or helped in literally dozens of Jeep builds across several platforms. I've been a gearhead my whole life, and from my experiences, research, and my own projects, I'd like to think I've got a pretty good idea what makes power, what improves drivability, and what wastes your money. Now, let me say, I'm no professional engine builder, nor do I claim to know every last little trick and number that goes into tuning a 4-liter inline-six. But you can trust I'll get you going in the right direction. All the numbers below are from various real-world builds that have actual proven dyno numbers behind them. Obviously, this is just a small cross-section of the results of some very specific engine modifications, and your experiences may vary. So if you want the end-all of be-all of advice for your own Jeep engine build, I'll seek the advice of a professional. And with that... 
Let the myth spinning begin. <laughs> All right, cold air intakes. What's the myth? A cold air intake with an open, dry, or impregnated gauze filter will increase power and mileage. My thoughts? Well, well, not all aftermarket filter media as, are as efficient as trapping dirt as the factory-spec paper plate filters. There's no denying you'll see improved mileage and feel a definite seat-of-the-pants improvement with a well, high-flow air filter like something, uh, oh, I don't know, like a K&N or something like that. Now, the claimed gains for this modification are 10 to 20 horsepower and 1 to 3 miles per gallon. In real life, it's closer to 5 or 10 horsepower, and your mileage are going to vary, obviously, depending on how you drive your Jeep. Now, a good cold air intake will wake up any 91 and up MPI or multi-port injection high output 4 liter with a snappier off-road or off-idle acceleration, improved top end and pulling power, and a definite 1 mile per, hour per gallon increase. On some models, however, the major, major benefits come from replacing the kinked convoluted factory ducting. Now, I'm talking about the exhaust here. That's just what I did in my own custom exhaust build. Restrictor in the factory downpipe was removed, and I've got a smoother intake now as well. Well, now we're talking about reflashing the computer to get more power. Well, is that a myth? Is it a possibility? I'll just have my factory computer reflashed or a new program installed to deal with my automatic to manual transmission swap or stroker engine or supercharger, turbocharger or whatever. Well, my thoughts are that you can't reburn a Mopar computer. At least I haven't found anybody who can do this legitimately. Now, I've heard of some recent scams going around on Craigslist, but I haven't had the time to investigate or expose this. You guys can run aftermarket piggyback programmers like a Unichip or a JetChip, or run a unit that will slightly overwrite certain performance parameters of the factory computer like Superchips or a Hypertech. But these can change the fuel maps or alter timing to some degree. However, I've heard these have limited results on later 96 and up OBD2 computers that are constantly making minor adjustments, minute adjustments to the engine map anyways. The claimed gains of something like this, well, it, that it's possible to begin with. Actual gains, can't do it. Throttle body spacers. Well, the myth is that adding a throttle body spacer will increase the intake plenum volume for more air and a higher velocity intake charge. Also, rifling an aluminum spacer helps airflow into the cylinder head with less turbulence for more power. That's what it is on paper. In real world, depending on the application, a spacer can work wonders on a carbureted or a TBI-injected engine where the, in which the air and fuel mix, uh, mixture atomizes and flows through a wet manifold. But results are less drastic on an MPI engine like our 4-liter inline-six, in which only air flows through the intake. Claim gains of this mod are anywhere from 10 to 15 horsepower. Actual gains? Nothing to 3 if you're lucky. Most real-world dyno-proven results will fall into 1 to 3 horsepower range, if at all, and little to any MPG gains. Well, how about a 62-millimeter bored-out throttle body? The myth is that the factory 60-millimeter throttle body is a choking point in the stock engine. Boring the factory throttle body or installing a larger bore aftermarket throttle body will allow the engine to breathe and make more power. My thoughts on this? Well, on most stocks or, or, most stock or slightly modified engines, the factory 60-millimeter throttle body isn't the choke point and is capable of supplying the engine with roughly enough air to get the job done. Now, only on a vehicle with airflow modifications like cold air intake, free-flowing exhaust, and other things will you really notice a difference from this modification. The claimed gains are anywhere from 10 to 20 horsepower. Actual gains, depending on what modifications you have done, are more like 5 to 10 horsepower. Now, I believe the increase would be larger than this with other airflow enhancements, like a larger camshaft or a high-flow cylinder head. It's a complementary component best to use in conjunction with other products, especially to get the most out of it. All right, cylinder heads. You got to have them. The myth behind them, though, is the 91 through 95 7120 casting number are hands down the best proven power producers followed by the 96 to 98 0630 heads, and then the 99, to, uh, 99 and up 0331 heads. 
Now, the earlier heads have far superior flow numbers and resist cracking better than the later heads and will make way more power. My thoughts on this are, well, you can't really argue against the fact that the flow numbers of the 91 through 95s are the best. But later model high output head flow numbers are generally within to only 10 CFM at the crucial mid-lift areas. Now, given that the OEM camshafts are relatively conservative, that little bit of uh, CFM isn't going to do much at all. The 4-liter heads feature only moderate flow numbers for performance, but offer high velocity, which is good for low-mid RPM torque. And when we're talking about off-road, torque is king. And any 91 through up HO head will absolutely kill any 87 to 90 non-high output head. Unless you're building a race Jeep whose goal is to go fast and that's it, a stock head swap isn't going to do much for you at all. Claimed gains for this, anywhere up to 30 horsepower. Actual gains, 5 to 10 horsepower. And with a relatively small duration, low lift factory camshafts, there's not much need for cylinder heads with huge flow numbers anyways. The factory heads are well matched to the factory components. It's only when you start increasing camshaft duration and lift profiles that aftermarket aluminum heads like what Edelbrock offers or like porting and polishing a 7120 head will show you their true advantage. Obviously, several other systems like fuel delivery, intake, and exhaust would also have to be upgraded as well for this to really be seen. All right, ignition hop-ups. The myth is that a hotter spark will allow you to run a bigger plug gap and burn more fuel more completely. Well, it's a sound theory, but impractical in practice for most, most of the 4-liter engines running around out there. Not only is the 4-liter calibrated lean from the factory to aid in mileage and emissions, but most HO engines come with a pretty good ignition system that will allow up to a .045-inch gap, or 45 thousandths, with no trouble at all. It's only when forced induction or larger in in injectors and different camshaft profiles come into play that the hotter aftermarket spark components prove their worth. Claimed gains from this, anywhere from 15 horsepower and 20% better mileage. Actual gains, yeah, you're going to be lucky to see 3 horsepower. And you may see some big numbers from 4-liter ignition modifications, but only will only happen if there is something wrong with the exi existing ignition system. Shorted wires, tired or failing coil pack, distributor issues, etc., etc., etc. In which case, even fresh factory replacement parts may garner the same results. All right, catback exhausts. We all know them. We all love them. Removing the restrictive muffler and exhaust pipe behind the catalytic converter will greatly increase drivability, performance, and mileage. Now, my thoughts on this is that car manufacturers often design exhaust systems to cancel out resonance and unwanted noise at the sacrifice of mileage and power. They almost always leave a little something in, as far as power and efficiency on the table as a result. Well, can you say thank you, EPA? Yeah, it's all their <laughs> fault. Most aftermarket exhaust systems now will all provide roughly the same degree of performance upgrade and, of course, with the improvement of the sound. You gotta love that burble, right? And with only slight variances between the manufacturers. Claim gains are up to 25 horsepower and a 10 to 15% bump in mileage. Actual gains are going to be more realistic in the 5 to 15 horsepower range and about a 10% fuel mileage increase. Now, I've realized very noticeable seat-of-the-pants improvements with after, uh, aftermarket uh, catback exhaust systems. And there's a lot of bona fide dyno verification to back this up. Just know that most exhaust manufacturers will always put their best case numbers on the box. So understand the numbers advertised are likely not going to be what you will actually see. All right, we all know about the infamous Jeep exhaust leak issues, especially at the header or manifold crack issues. Well, manifold cracks are not uh, as common, but the header, definitely. All four liters will crack the factory tubular exhaust manifold at the collector eventually at some point in their lifetime. The extra air getting to the O2 sensor will make the Jeep run rich, foul the cat or cats, and run like crap. The, the fix is to add an aftermarket header for more power, durability, and longevity. 
And the issue with this is the exhaust system of a 4-liter has to deal with very high temperatures due to the 4-liter's lean air fuel uh, calibration that, when coupled with a long and inflexible intermediate tube that leverages the tubular header, it's a perfect recipe for cracking. In fact, even some aftermarket steel and stainless steel headers may not prove to be completely impervious to this. Oh, and believe me, I know from experience. Now, claim gains from a header swap is going to give you anywhere from 5 to 10 horsepower, and of course, longer life than the factory setup. Actual gains, well, pretty much right about that. Now, despite its fairly efficient design, you will notice a seat-of-the-pants improvement with an aftermarket header, but really only when used in conjunction with aftermarket catback exhaust systems and a cold air intake. Just buy the header uh, with the thickest gauge tubing you can, and be sure to upgrade your motor mounts to help with the longevity. All right, finishing this up here, we've only got a couple more guys. Forced induction for better MPGs. This is a huge myth. Adding a supercharger or a turbocharger, which there are bolt-on options for the 4-liter, will actually improve your mileage because of the engine will be making more power and will require less throttle input to maintain the same speed. Well, anytime you add a supercharger or turbocharger, you'll need to up the factory 19 pound-per-hour injector size to something closer to some 25-pound injectors. Even though you're using less throttle per given road speed, the forced induction is still putting more than one atmosphere's worth of air and fuel mixture down the intake. The level of boost increases the fuel consumption. Regardless of the techno babble, I have always heard, no matter what, that you get a drop in mileage with a 4-liter forced induction system in everyday mixed driving. All right, the horseshoe intake. According to the, the, the great wealth of information that is never, ever wrong, the internet says you'll get a 5 to 30 horsepower gain thanks to the 99 and up 4 liters swooped equal length runners and larger plenum volume. My thoughts on this, well, while a free flow intake manifold can deliver more power, it's only going to allow as much airflow as the cylinder head and the camshaft will call for. You can't put more in it than that. Upping the intake runner volume too much will actually cause the intake charge to lose velocity, killing your low end and mid-speed power and torque. Not good for when you're off-road. On a 98, an earlier engine running a stock camshaft and unported cylinder head, well, it's a wasted effort. Claimed gains are 5 to 30 horsepower. Actual gains, well, are indeterminate. There, I've actually even heard of losses in some cases even. So, you know, it just goes to show that just swapping your intake manifold well, it won't give you all that performance you're looking for. Well, hey guys, I know this was a ton of information. We kind of went a little bit long on this, but... And I hope this is helping you out and give you a better understanding as far as what the 4-liter can do and what it can't do. Let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. So, Josh, you mentioned uh, the cracked header, and I know there's some claims of uh, those cracks, and especially when they get really large, affecting, oh, yeah. affecting gas mileage. And uh, if you guys are not aware, uh, I don't know if Tammy, uh, you, you and Josh are aware of this or not, but I measure my MPG every time I fill up. I got an app on my phone. And uh, I, uh, I didn't notice it uh, one day whenever I was uh, filling up and plugged in all the numbers, but uh, I actually hit dun, 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 13 miles per oh. gallon. Wow. Look at you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting <Once>. them teens <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Once. Once, yeah. Oh, see, I'm the getting air, 16, The air was really 17. cold. You had a good tailwind that day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got those headlights that that flicker on and off to save you gas mileage. It's all that little yeah, stuff well, that, that, that adds up. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I just want to say. Dash, your dash ahead, doesn't um, show you your MPGs? Oh, no, no. Mine's I, no. I drive a real Jeep. 
Uh, I don't have all the fancy <clears throat> heat seaters, uh, the heated seats, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, no, no, it doesn't have any of that fancy stuff on there. Uh, but, uh, you know, and right after that 13 mile per gallon, it, uh, I went down to 12.06, uh, then 1180, uh, 1226. And it basically, it just fluctuates. And I, I'm getting up close to uh, 13 again. My last fill up was 12.45. Now, keep in mind, I recently swapped out a, a cracked header. So uh, I knew somebody did. I yeah. If, if it was you or. If Gosh. it affects the MPG, I'm not seeing it. So that's another one of those myths, myths I wanted to throw out. Uh, and I can't say that's a, a definite. It, the temperature outside, driving habits, all that stuff affects um, MPG. I don't think I was particularly being uh, babying it when I got to 13.0. Believe me, nobody else was, um, uh, was, no, was more surprised than me when I saw that. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the Texas big old tires and the lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. Hey, folks, we love hearing from all of you, so be sure and give our voicemail line a call at 530-675-4102, or you can even jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click the Leave Voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Now, I'm not sure why we hear from Super Crocs sporadically. I don't know if it's some sort of work release program or the ankle mm-hmm. monitor comes off or something, but here's another call from uh, our beloved Super Croc. Oh. Greetings, Jeep Talk, or should I say talk show or podcast formerly known as XJ Talk? I like that one. I have great news. I have found out something. You know how everyone hates those new OSHA and carb-compliant gas cans that we have to live with? Yeah, you know the ones that pour like crap, and you have to manually burp them, and they're just downright terrible? Well, I found out a secret. If we go to our sovereign-ish state to our north, a.k.a. Canada, <laughs> Soviet Kanakistan, they have real gas cans there. You can just go up and buy them. And like with the exchange rate, it's like they're almost free. <laughs> so what we need to do is we need to get a group buy, get someone with a U-Haul, go up there and buy a bunch of them. It sounds great. All right. Have fun. Bye. I think you can buy uh, replacement caps or whatever they're called uh, for those those cans. Yeah, yeah. Usually you can uh, you can find those in uh, in part stores. I know that uh, for a fact uh, the O'Reilly's uh, part store has uh, the. It's basically just a replacement cap that has like a filler neck, you know, a, right. a, a clear plastic tube that comes off of it. You see them a lot uh, a lot of times on top of the. Uh, uh, of the cans that a lot of the guys use for like motocross and, and stuff like that. So a very similar type of design. Yep, yep. So uh, don't have to go to Canada to get them. But hey, if you're close to Canada and a mosquito grabs you and takes you over there and drops you off, you might as well get one anyway. 
Yeah, but he's right, man. I do hate those gas cans. They <laughs> suck. I've heard about them, but I haven't seen one yet. All the ones I have are older, which uh, don't have that uh, limitation. Uh, it's a, your federal government looking out for you again. Yeah. All right, let's hear from Chip. New caller, Chip. Hey, just wanted to uh, let you all know. Uh, this is uh, My name's Chip. I'm a listener from uh, Auburn, Alabama. Jeep guy. I'm my number six uh, Jeep, but enough about me. Um, I was trying to tune into your show the other night when you had, uh, we're going to have Dan Greck on and I guess you guys had some technical difficulties. Hopefully you'll get him back on another guy that you all should check out and try to get on the show is a guy named, um, something like Jake Witterum or something like that. But he, he's, uh, you can find him at I am Jake on just about every social media platform and Patreon. He's a kid from Wisconsin who, is sort of based out of the upper Pacific Northwest. He's overlanding and yeah. living in a Jeep Wrangler YJ. Um, him and his dog. Uh, they sleep in it. They live in it. It is, uh, it's a CJ bodied YJ. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to find out more about his build, who put it together, because it's a pretty cool Jeep. But and then the fact that somebody six feet tall could sleep in overland in a two door YJ uh, is pretty cool. But anyway, um, check him out. See if you can get him on your show. I think Jeep listeners would love to hear from him. Have a good one. Well, Chip, I definitely agree with you. And I reached out to Jake on at least two occasions, and uh, I think the was an, the initial response was uh, an interest. But then I didn't get any more uh, responses from him. So I just kind of let it drop. I don't like bugging the hell out of people. So uh, Route 16, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because right. he doesn't mind bugging the hell out of people. Uh, he actually is the one that got Dan Greck uh, lined up for us. Uh, well, if this guy is here in the Pacific Northwest, I, the story really sounds familiar. I want to say that I've, I've, I've heard the story that maybe even that we did, you know, uh, reported on this on This Week in Jeep in, in a prior episode or something like that. But or maybe even Dan interviewed this guy. I, I can't remember. But uh, his story is very, very familiar to me. I, I, like I, like I'm, I've got some information on this or something. But uh, if he's in the Northwest, I'm going to reach out to him. I'll see if he wants to actually come by the studio for a live interview. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I now remember mentioning him, mentioning him to you guys, and telling you about the YouTube channel. Uh, so you yeah, may he's have got gone, a, he's got a YouTube channel, Facebook page. He's uh, yeah, well, like Chip said, he's all over all over uh, the uh, social media. So you may have uh, uh, seen some of the YouTube uh, things. Yeah, he does well regular regular ones, and uh, I was watching him for a while, and uh, uh, oh yeah, here he is. It just kind of uh, uh, hurt me to see that you see him on YouTube and knowing that he wasn't going to respond to me. So I just, I couldn't watch anymore. I was getting well, and I'm really, I really <laughs> want to talk to the guy about, because I've camped out of my Jeep before sleeping in it. I'm six, three and, and I can't fit in a Cherokee. So I want to know how he's sleeping in a YJ. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a YouTube video that he did on that a while back. Uh, I think he was trying a hammock at one point and, uh, it was, it was hurting his back, I think, cause it, he couldn't get it tight enough. And the, uh, on the rack, but yeah, go over there and check out the, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you guys you are looking to, at it or not. Um, www.patreon.com slash I am Jake. I think we'll have to put that in the show notes. That was, uh, alphabet soup. Yeah. He's creating daily 
the log. Is it day, daily? I know that he was doing. I thought well, I couldn't remember if it was weekly or not. There was quite a few. Uh, okay, well, let's get over to uh, Tina, also a first-time caller, and I think Tina has uh, something to tell us about or tell our listeners about. Hello, Tina Park here from Mojo, or better known as Metahia Jeepers Organization. I want to thank the Jeep Talk Show for this opportunity to talk. I'm here to tell you about this huge Jeep event known as Ohio Jeep Fest. Ohio Jeep Fest is going to be held in Chillicothe, Ohio at the great Ross County Fairgrounds. Mark your calendars for July 7th, 8th, and 9th. This event you won't want to miss. Ohio Jeep Fest is being put on by Ross County Ag Society and, of course, Mid-Ohio Jeepers. Now, let me tell you about this Ohio Jeep Fest. This is the first year, but not the last, so don't let that fool you. This will be an event that you want to attend. There will be a raffle for St. Jude, a show and shine, two obstacle courses, two mud pits, who don't like mud, a rock garden, over 20 vendors, over 30 sponsors, over 600 Jeeps. That's right, 600 Jeeps. Food, camping, live entertainment, and so much more. There will be something for everyone, even you non-Jeepers. To find out more about Ohio Jeep Fest, visit our website, ohiojeepfest.com. Hope to see you July 7th, 8th, and 9th. Thanks again, Jeep Talk Show, and Mojo On. <laughs> great, uh, great deal there. You guys check that out. And uh, if you have an event that you want to uh, include in Wheeling Wear, please give us uh, that event information, and we will uh, send that to info at jeeptalkshow.com, and we will stick that in at the end of the show. Of course, you're always welcome to give the voicemail line a call and do it your damn self because she did it very well, I thought. Yeah, very yeah, nicely done. A lot of practicing there, I bet, or at least I hope so. As, as hard a time as I have talking, I hope she practiced. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, make sure you give us uh, those uh, calls on the voicemail. We love hearing from you. And uh, you can also use the speak pipe right there on jeeptalkshow.com. And uh, we uh, hope to hear more from you guys. Hey, take a moment to go over and take our survey. I know you're tired of hearing about it. That's why we don't talk about it that much anymore. All you have to do is go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. And that's a forward slash. I think it's a forward slash. And uh, you'll be asked a few questions. You just uh, it's, it's like a page worth of stuff. It's not very long. Fill it out. We'll know. Uh, have some demographics of the uh, the type folks that are listening to our show. Hey, folks! Now it's time that you've all been looking forward to, and each and every week we love hearing from the mind of Nikki G. Mm-hmm. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, as many of you might know. I have a bit of a problem with the sway bar on my Jeep. I've been fighting for a couple of years now. The sway bar end link is really close to the spring on my driver's side. And uh, so whenever I go over a bump funky, it hits the sway bar arm, hits the spring, and it makes a boing noise. And uh, so I finally couldn't take it anymore. And investigated it, took the sway bar off, and uh, discovered that the sway bar is bent, probably from an uh, accident. So, uh, decided to get a new one. Uh, no luck at the junkyard. So, uh, I googled uh, sway bar, and uh, 
had a place oh, in town, so I headed on in. <laughs> and uh, now, thanks to Apple's autocorrect, I'm uh, married to a guy named Bruce. <laughs> I'll uh, catch you later. You have a good one. Bye. Oh, Great. well. Yeah, loosey-goosey, Brucey. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tammy, what do we have uh, for our must-stuff, must-have stuff for your Jeep? Well, you know, I was so excited because I thought I had run out of things to buy for accents <laughs> for my Jeep. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, I, I, so I was trying to find something for this segment of our show tonight and I came across these little things and I am like, oh my God, got to have these. They're oh, little matte <laughs> black, these are for JKs. <laughs> And JK used 07 to 17. They're little matte black dish-shaped door handle recess guard inserts. And they're just so precious. <laughs> so you know, so, you know, you know, when you open up your JK, the thing that you push, you you put your thumb on and you push to open the door. That's what these things are. <laughs> no, it's for behind that. There's a little. Oh, okay. If I read it right, it's there's a little like round dip. And the door handle where you go, like you, you put your hand in and then you push that button right behind the handle. You can stick these in there and they're made, they say they're made to protect the paint. Um, the trim pieces are designed to resist flaking and oxidization. These oh, custom dishes not only protect the paint on your Wrangler, but scratches and also provide a clean look. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to paint mine purple and put it there underneath <laughs> Shocking. the door handles. They're only $12.99, and you just put them on with adhesive tape. She's so daring. <laughs> I am going for it, folks. These No, I, I, I thought they were the button part. It's actually more well, like, a, like a hand guard in case, you know, that, that spot right behind your handle you um, where, ring. like, your keys or your rings oh, always, you know, yeah. scratch up the paint. Yeah, yeah. This, this protects you from from that happening over the long term. So, you know, pretty pretty decent for you know what thirteen bucks or so. You know, yeah, that's uh, for five. That'd be a nice what little project. I'll be curious to see how that turns out, Tammy. I'm just looking forward. And to, I can always take them off it if it looks stupid. I'm, sure. I'm just looking forward oh. to somebody stealing one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the mystery, like the uh, the D ring mystery. All so right. Just when you think you're running out of Jeep stuff. Oh, no. We'll find some more for you. <laughs> Never. No, you can't run out of Jeep stuff. That's like not being able to find something to put in the shadow box. You can always find something to put in the shadow box. And when it's full, you get another shadow box. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All righty. Hey, folks. Um, just like earlier, Tony mentioned, um, we have a survey. So just take a little moment and go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey and fill it out. Pretty please. All right, let's get into this. We skipped campfire camp side chat so much. Let's just, let's just run through this. Well, as you guys, uh, well, as you guys know, I, uh, I was very busy over the last weekend. You were? And spent pretty much the entire weekend in the garage and tore off the front end of my Jeep and actually tore the top half of the motor apart as well. So I am down to block and pistons. Wow. You got the yeah. head at the machine shop yet? 
No, that's getting dropped off this weekend. Um, So I just, I didn't have, I ran out of time. The head actually came off Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, And so it was the Saturday. And look, I was taking my time. I really wasn't, you know, there was no, you know, sense of urgency or anything like that. I was just sort of, you know, hanging out in the garage, turning wrenches, you know, just kind of BSing and and hanging out and that that sort of thing. So enjoying the music and, and that. So it took me two days to to very, very lazily pull off the front of the Jeep, take out the radiator, water pump, power, you know, tear off the entire top half of the motor and uh, and get the uh, get the head off and whatnot. So I haven't had time during the week either to drop it off. I, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. There's no way that I can get from, you know, uh, work to out where I need to drop that off before they close without having to get off early. So uh, it'll be dropped off this weekend. Um, so as you guys are hearing this, it'll probably be getting worked on as we speak. So let me make a prediction, and I'll, I'll trust you with the honor system to let us know in future episodes of the Jeep Talk Show. Yeah. As soon as you drop that head off, and they call you and tell you it's ready, it's fine, it's you know blah 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 blah, and you go pick it up, and you have your first look at it, and the angels sing, and the heaven opens up. <laughs> and it will be it's like so that too, beautiful. I you. <laughs> it looks so nice whenever they're all done with it. It will be, you will have to hold yourself back on a Wednesday or whenever it is, the middle of the week, to keep from going in the garage and installing that thing and doing everything necessary to start up the engine. Even if you don't have the radiator and everything on there, just enough where you can start it up and let her run for 25 seconds just to just to see yeah. that it's going to run. Verify. Yeah. So <laughs> Will this work? <laughs> if, if for no other reason, not taking the head in, that was the reason why you shouldn't. Because as soon as you get it back, it's going to be, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Don't forget to put well, it on. I didn't know you be- talked with your hands, Tony. Sure. Tony, it's an Italian name. Right <laughs> uh, well, and it'll be running better than it ever has before. So um, I'm doing a bunch of stuff at the same time as well. I'm going to be doing the timing chain uh, oh, and, yeah, and timing idea. chain cover seal as well because I'm in there. Jeep's got a quarter million miles on it. The front of the, of the, uh, the you know, whole front of the Jeep is off right now. I might as well. And it's sort of one of those things. Well, I definitely have to redo my lifters as well. So now I'm thinking about doing a cam as well. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, I'm basically all but rebuilding this thing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, another six months you will be. Um, Thanks. I'll be a stroker <laughs> at that point. So, uh, so, LS swap, that's what we're doing now. So, Tammy, I can see here from the show notes, we're going to have to move you into the Wrangler Extreme segment from, uh, from what you have here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm getting a little... Getting a little extreme. Get, getting here. a little girly on us. I know we should have had you open. I how can how can you follow what I'm doing? <laughs> I know this is just a, just a just a tad step above what Josh is doing, folks. Um, uh, just for the heck of it, I was just on Amazon, and I know you guys can't see this very well, but I'm holding them up anyway. I bought myself some new valve stem covers. Are those red? No, Tony, they're not red. You need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> Are they, are they, are they anodized purple? Yes, they are anodized. Purple. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> they were like, they were like $3. I will pay sure. anyone $25 to steal one D ring. Oh, come one on. One door insert <laughs> and one valve stem oh, cap. No, that's, that's poor sportsmanship. <laughs> oh. It will be great podcasting for the next six months. We'll hear how somebody yeah. stole those Tammy, things. Tammy's <laughs> upset because she's lost her Jeep parts. <laughs> this one. Now, there's 25%. no way there is no way anyone's getting a d-ring off my jeep 
<laughs> well, Tammy, have you have you put them on right away, or are you gonna gonna wait till the weather's a little bit nicer, or they're <laughs> taking pictures yet? Uh, what's going on? Yeah, no, it's 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 warm enough for me to go out and install these, so we're good. You got any of that Loctite glue left? Because that'd be a great thing to keep them on oh. uh, when you're out on the trails. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, Tony. No, no, no. Ha ha. I'm not falling. You that never one. want to air down your tires ever again. <laughs> I'd be like, damn it, what? Tony. Why did he tell me? <laughs> I must have put them on too tight. I don't know my own strength. <laughs> All right. So I'll tell you guys real quick. I don't think I've mentioned this. Uh, I, I, I hate having issues with the Jeep and not finding a definite cause of it. I'm fine with having a solution, but it makes me nervous if I don't understand why I have the solution. So uh, as I told you guys, I was running hot, uh, got up to 261 day a couple of weeks ago. I uh, had to take the TJ to work for a few days uh, and uh, got a new water pump in, ordered it from Amazon. It was uh, $25 shipped. Uh, it only you know it took two days. That's the downside to it, but I wasn't going to work on it in the middle of the week anyway. And um, the only thing I could see is <clears throat> whenever I put the, uh, the uh, coolant pressure tester uh, on there, pumped it up to 16 PSI, I could see some, some uh, water just kind of very slightly coming out from around the water pump. And uh, so the only thing I could think of, that water pump hasn't been changed in quite a while, uh, is to get a water pump and swap it in there. I did, um, tightened it down, and I haven't had an issue. It's running nice and cool. The, the weather has been a little cooler here. But well, uh, even at that, I mean, it's, it's been 215 is about as, as high as I've seen it. And uh, that's 70 miles an hour down the freeway. So uh, problem, you know, I'm not, I'm not monitoring the, uh, the temperature gauge like I was there whenever I had that overheat issue, but, uh, I still don't understand why the water pump that I took off of there, the bearing felt very good. Um, I probably could have just tightened up the bolts, but, uh, I couldn't have been for sure if the gasket had been compromised or not. So uh-huh. just tightening up, it could have still uh, been leaking on me. But if, uh, if, if you can't hold pressure on your cooling system, then that means the, uh, boiling point uh, goes down so it doesn't require as much temperature to get it boiling and then you get air pockets and then you get hot spots and then you have overheating so it appears to be taken care of now i did order a couple of uh, uh, upper and a lower hose uh, for the uh, cooling system and a gallon of uh, the prestone antifreeze because right now i got straight water in there so probably oh, this yeah probably this weekend i'll be uh, drop. i mean if i gotta if i gotta uh, drain the radiator anyway i might as well uh, replace that bottom hose which if you guys aren't familiar i don't know i don't know about the uh the tj or the jk's but on the xj's and the 4.0's which i guess it probably would have probably would relate to the tj's that lower hose when it goes it goes and it evacuates the bowels quickly <laughs> yeah that is a little bit of a pain in the butt to get to not yeah. as easy as the front hose and yeah when that thing splits or or cracks open yeah it's it's you just kiss all your coolant goodbye it will and it does uh it uh it, it so uh let me give you a, a little tip tony uh, sure. since you got some new uh some new hoses to put on i'd say hold on to your old ones as trail spares oh, just in case yeah that's a good idea because even though even though they might be old they might have a couple hundred thousand miles on them or you know whatever you know if you end up splitting or or you know tearing a hose or something like that on the trail even an old one, as long as it can hold water and keep pressure, is going to be a good swap. So, uh, yeah, maybe throw that in the uh, in the spares box, as it were. Yeah, good trail tip. All right, well, let's get over to our wheeling wear. 
As we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We've got Jeep Week coming up down at Daytona Beach, Florida, April 25th through the 30th. Guys, this is a world record-breaking event. They have had, well, let's just say the most Jeeps in one area all at once, guys. JeepBeach.com is where you go for all the information. Be sure to check it out. And, hey, if you're planning on going, let us know. We'd love to hear how it went. We also have the Calico Earth Day SOS fundraiser coming up April 22nd, Earth Day happening in the Calico Ghost Town in Southern California. For more information on this and how you can get involved, head over to bakersfieldtrailblazers.org. So I guess this has already happened. Uh, I saw a post on uh, Facebook the other day. Maybe you can help me out with this, Josh, and or, or yeah. Tammy. Uh, there is a, a, some sort of event where hundreds of Jeeps drive over a suspension bridge. You've probably seen the, uh, the, that the images happen. of it. I, God, where was that? It was. Uh, well, I just looked it up real quick, and it says uh, Mackinac Bridge. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds oh, that's right. That's in Michigan. Yep, in Michigan, and uh, yeah, it does. It just it does say uh, Friday. Uh, uh, more than five hundred jeeps crossed the Mackinac. Is it Mackinac? Am I saying Mackinac. it right? Mackinac. Mackinac Bridge. And uh, so look for those pictures on social media. I haven't seen any yet. I didn't think it had happened because I hadn't seen any pictures. But that's always cool to see so many Jeeps dri- yeah. you know, driving along. Love- yeah. So uh, I thought I was going to uh, alert you guys to something that was coming up soon. But apparently it's already happened. Damn it. All right. Well, I'll leave. Yeah, I don't- I'll, I'll, I'll try to leave the uh, wheeling wear to the professionals. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, I saw somebody posted, too. Um they saw a buffalo running on the streets of Moab. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Probably not something you see all the time. Is that one of those L- LBG, uh, D-M-O-U-S-C oh. terms? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you're watching this on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, or iHeartRadio, and never miss an episode. Hey, if you'd like to contribute financially to the show, you can do so by going to the JeepTalkShow.com website and clicking on the PayPal button to subscribe annually. It starts just $12 or select the other button for a one-time donation. We definitely appreciate it. It goes with good work. We do the show because we enjoy it and it's free, guys. No financial support is ever necessary. Hey, and did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? Well, it's true iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work, but we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we are recommending that all of you iTunes users go subscribe to our podcast, no multi-day delay, and you'll get the newest episode so much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for the Jeep Talk Show, and hit that subscribe button, and never miss a great, funny, informative podcast. Hey, speaking of subscriptions, we could use the subscriptions over on our YouTube page. That's right, guys. If you haven't found us over at youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show, we'll be sure to go over there right now. It's how we bring the show to you live every week. So we could definitely use those subscriptions. And hey, every subscribers we get, Tony gets himself a cookie. Cookie! (laughs) Hey, join the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be part of the Jeep Talk Show social media voice. Send email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. Hey, and don't forget, folks, you can get more Jeep Talk with myself and Tony on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Central Time on the Jeep Talk call-in show. It's our new live call-in show where it's all about you and your Jeep. 
Well, that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're willing, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Stand as any trails, no wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails above the lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. I'm giving you the stretch symbol. We have music left. <laughs> well, just enough time to get in Tammy's plugs. There you go. Yes. Hey, folks, don't forget, you can follow me on my Jeep journey at www.jeepmama.com. And don't forget to check out Tuesday where I give you my top three reasons why every mom needs to be a Jeep mom. Are you there?